much to the Neutral Zone, a Star Trek podcast by ladies, where we talk about Star Trek loudly, and uh, brace yourself in this episode, shoutly, <laughs> and at great length. I am your host, Kareen, joined by Kim. Hello. And Ari. Hello. Where we gather together in this moment to spend time out of our lives, <laughs> our brief star flicker glimmer of a life, to talk about the deadly years. A.K.A. talking about my generation, I hope I die before I get old. A.K.A. <laughs> for your consideration for the Emmys, Outstanding Achievement in Makeup for a Single Camera Series. A.K.A. much the opposite of David Bowie's The Golden Years. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, you put some thought you feel about this. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm getting it. I don't know if you're expressing yourself very well. I could express myself through interpretive dance, but I don't think that would be very useful on a podcast. Yeah. So let me just express it through, like, mute gesturings at the camera. There's some flailing happening, some claw fingers. See, last week... Some crying. Last week after we recorded, I said to you when we finished, this next episode is terrible, and it's one of my least favorite episodes of all time. I was correct, Yes. It's just... It's a waste of everyone's exactly. time. Yes. Uh, at one point, I turned to Crane during this episode, and I said, are we seriously taking time out of the episode for this? Because even in a relatively mediocre episode, they managed to sort of stop everything for like 10 minutes of our lives that we will never get back. Well, usually we get from point A to point B, and that's yeah. fine. Usually we're going at a fairly brisk pace, like not running when you're playing Pokemon Go, but like the walking on Pokemon Go. But instead, we took a narrative truck stop in the middle of an episode to the ticking clock where everyone's going to die if we don't stop wasting our fucking time to hold a trial. No, Ari, not just a trial, to rehash for 15 minutes what we had all just seen. And what has already been explicitly stated by several members of the cast no, no. before now. We saw it happen, yeah. and then they're like, so, the stuff that just happened, let's go over that again. Yeah. Yeah, this is terrible. This is bad television, and I'm putting David P. Harmon on my list. So I'm wondering, what the fuck got cut out of this episode that they needed to fill up? Oh, revelation for you, Ari. The episode did not run short the episode ran long. You are fucking with me. I am not, because there is a point, so basically they get old yeah. through sure. Comet jizz. Com they got radi irradiated Radiation. by Comet. Yeah, sure, fine, whatever. <laughs> they get old and then they have to find a way to get young again. Look, Daniel Jackson got radiation poisoning and turned into a squid. This is actually more plausible than that. Deny. <laughs> so there is a part where, of course, they get cured because, of course, they do because sure. you can't have oldies on TV. No. And he was supposed to be running through the corridors of the Enterprise, de aging as he went through the ship to get to the bridge. But the episode was running too long, so they had to cut all of it. Really? They really? cut that? Yeah. That's what they cut. See, that's really interesting to me to find out that they actually had a de aging thing in place because the whole scene where they're quote unquote curing Kirk and he's like you, you never see him once they like inject the cure so I thought they were just avoiding having to do the de-aging makeup. I, I absolutely agree because it is just close-up shots of Shatner's thrusting junk. Yeah. It is a weird shot to have like very not strange. complaining. Uh, <laughs> not at all. But it's a weird thing to do when essentially this is just your I don't know your submission for outstanding achievement in makeup for a single camera series for the 1960s Emmys. Like, 
it's all about the makeup, right? That we're supposed to be yeah. astounded that they're all aging and what a good job. And to be fair, it's a pretty good job. Parts of it are very good. But, but you want to see the de-aging I process. I wanted to see That's the more work. Yeah. 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 We all was already a well-established technique by now. It wouldn't have been difficult. And we've seen enough of Shatner's junk that we don't really need another. We, we are familiar shot. with it, with the topology, the the geography. It has been well Some more than others. But like, <laughs> you want to showcase on a science fiction show your wacky special effects yeah. because a lot of people are watching for that, right? They want to see something that they haven't seen on television before. Yeah. So if this wasn't something where they needed to write a completely unnecessary sequence to fill up space, mm-hmm. all I'm left with is that David P. Harmon yes. just had no idea where the fuck he was going with this episode. Would you like me to tell you the other episode that he penned in the original series? Yes, sure. please. He wrote the Italian gangster episode. Oh, he wrote the Mobsters in Space? Uh, Mobsters in Space. So I think that really... That's coming up in a few episodes, actually. Yeah, I think that pretty much sums up everything that we need to know about David P. Yeah. Yeah. He's, I think... He's he's a hack. He's probably dead, so it's okay (laughs) for me to say that, right? Yeah. He's a hack. Yeah. This is a terrible episode. This is all over the place. This is another case of there being a very good episode in there somewhere if they had paused for five minutes and actually did some decent writing. Yeah. Like, you have to have a beginning, a middle, and an end. That's like the minimum you should have for a story of any kind. Well, here's the thing. At the kernel of the heart of this story is a, ca- a captain in declining mental faculties. And and what Fine. it means for a captain to get old and when they won't retire, what do you do with a serviceman where he can no longer serve? Right? But they were he not had, exploring the It's an episode the about theme. dementia. Right, but they were yeah. not exploring this theme in relation to this particular group of people. They were just sort of like, hey, look, it's wacky and scary. They're getting old. Courtroom drama. Yeah. Like, I well, don't... So you're, you're right, Karina. It is an, it's an episode about dementia. And for me at this point in my life, because this is like the third or the fourth time I've seen this episode, this is the first time that that part was really sort of resonating with me a lot because just sort of I have a grandmother with dementia I have a grandmother who has just passed away in the last month or two mm-hmm. who had dementia and my mother is getting her children to prepare for her eventual diagnosis of dementia in 10 or 15 years so that part of the episode was actually really impactful to me this time going through and that could have been if they had actually written stuff in around that um, other than just Kirk is avoiding dealing with the fact that he's sick in yeah. the most obnoxious, irritating, irresponsible way he possibly could. And they could. didn't even address that until like two-thirds of the way through the episode. You're like, okay, the real actions to start now. No, no. Let's come to a screeching halt to state the obvious for ten minutes. Like, this is not how you weave a theme through a story, David P. Harmon. It is an interesting exploration because, I mean, dementia wasn't something that people necessarily talked about in the 60s. Nope. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, even now, I don't think pe- it's explored a lot in depth what it means for, you know, the individual themselves and also for the entire circle of people in their lives. In in television and fiction, no, it's not something you see very often, if at all. No. It's because Other the target than... audience for it hasn't as a group mass entered it yet. But it's not Give it there's, 10 years. it's not the 
target audience. Like, we're talking about Kim and mm-hmm. our generation of our grandparents. No, but, like, that's why it's not it. yet explored in television. Mm-hmm. Give it ten years and the baby boomers on mass start entering that very specific period of time. It'll happen. No, I think I think it's just because it's so hard to write about. Yeah, that could be it. It's 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 a very difficult thing to deal with. Yeah, like and I mean, so so watching this was there were parts where I was like, uh, where Kirk is, he'll do something and then he'll stop in the middle and he'll have to think about what the heck he was doing and then he'll start over from the beginning. And that's something I see in my grandmother now all the time is she'll get halfway through me. She'll very enthusiastically set out to make a pot of tea, get halfway through it and have to ask, what am I doing? Hmm. And, you know, repeating things. Yeah. Repeating things, things like that. Or where Kirk was constantly saying to people, I know what I'm doing and he you could where you can remember maybe what you did five minutes ago but not what you did an hour ago or you can remember what happened very clearly 25 years ago yeah. but not what you did yesterday yes yeah. and all of this would have been could have been a very interesting thing to explore but it was not I think they no. actually do like the exploration of that really well like the instances that Kim are talking about are really good but Again, it doesn't focus on how that affects the people around him and what that means. He just throws a hissy fit. Yeah, they weren't they weren't exploring it in terms of like how your sense of self and your personality. They were just in terms of his confidence, which was I thought really shoddy. Yeah, the other thing that they tried to do but never really fully fleshed out was how the dementia affects everybody around you. So they had Blondie, who's Doctor Blondie, whose name I do not remember, who not just showed up to make cow eyes. Hey, now her name was Doctor Wallace. I think it was Janet Wallace. Okay, thank Dr. you. Dr. Blondie. Dr. Blondie, who shows up to make Cow Eyes, who has a past relationship with Kirk, and she's basically there to be the tragic figure of watching this man that she loves to send into illness. And then you also have the Commodore, who is there to try and make the hard decisions about um, what is going to happen to this person in the future. And he's the one who's responsible basically for... Um, you know, taking away his powers to make decisions and where he, what he's going to do with his future. And this is, so this is one of the things that happened is my grandmother who's recently passed away would not, she wouldn't, she wouldn't plan ahead for what was going to happen. So she wouldn't give my mother power of attorney and got to the point where my mother had to get a lawyer and go with the doctors to get power of attorney. So all of that had to be, she wouldn't agree to move out of her house into assisted care where it was easier for her to so she finally eventually had to be moved against her will mm-hmm. so it's it, that character I understand was was filling that role or they wanted him to fill that role of the being the person who is responsible for taking away your power when you can't exercise it but refuse to give up and so in that way it was there was like I said there was a good story under there and there was the issues way, to, way issues to explore there. but they didn't do it well enough. They only did it, I think, in a really superficial way. But, though, if, Kareem, you say this is something that they weren't talking about in the 60s, maybe this was sort of, like, Hmm. a big deal that they had, you know, somebody watching somebody you loved in a romantic way to send into this, and somebody taking someone, taking the power away, like... I I think also... it was just... It's also, I think, a mistake on their part to have the Commodore introduced as a new character having to make those decisions. I think it would have been a much stronger episode had Spock not been affected by the illness and having to watch his friend lose Yeah, because the only reason the Commodore was there was to be, like, the one to initiate the completely 
pointless narratively hearing thing in the middle of the episode. Let's stop the clock. Well, he he forces Spock's hand to take away command from Kirk, which and quite honestly, be... it should it should have been years years before in the episode that they took the power yeah. away from him because he was obviously suffering and he's obviously yeah. ill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then to be the most incompetent guest character we have ever witnessed on Star Trek. He wasn't incompetent. I... He took the ship into the neutral zone. I have a lot of sympathy for him. I did until he did that. (laughs) Because he was somebody who knew what needed to be done, felt really bad about having to do it, and then tried to get what needed to be accomplished done as fast as possible. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I I actually liked him. He was very, he was sensible. He was reasonable character. I didn't hate him as a person, but that was incredibly fucking stupid. Like, that was, like, what are you doing? Let's drive the ship through a volcano. It's quicker. Well, but maybe There are laws in place that say that anyone can kill you on sight if you enter the neutral zone. Let's just take a shortcut. It'll be fine. His explanation was, when I explain the situation, they will understand. And it's said by the episode, like, he's never had field command. He's just been behind a desk. Mm -hmm. Yeah, except there are explicitly laws that say that if you enter the neutral zone, they're allowed to kill you no matter what. Not if you're only there for a very short time and no one notices... Eh. Okay, I'll give you if no one notices, but it was still incredibly stupid. Yeah, I I cannot get over the fact that they centered it around Kirk's refusal that, oh, I'm such a good captain, rather than how it affected everyone else. And I kind of agree with you about Dr. Blondie, but I feel like it was a weird Shatner power play in that he still wanted to be seen as sexy and virile through the entire episode despite his fuggo makeup. Yeah, this is also one of the episodes that really, really made me dislike Kirk as a character. He's a tool in this episode. Yeah, and it's basically from the first second where he finds out that, you know, you're in the early stages of dementia and you are eventually going, he doesn't immediately immediately. say, all right, what are we going to do so that I don't... When I lose my sense of self and I lose my ability to make decisions, Picard would have immediately removed himself from command. Exactly, and that's it's one of the reasons why I dislike Kirk so much. Is he's so like egocentric about his his command. This and, is a really strange episode for all characters concerned. Yeah. No one really acts in character. Well, I would say like McCoy doesn't. Uh, McCoy's hair certainly doesn't. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah. this happens. <laughs> We're back to completely ignoring biohazard protocols. You know what? Good point. We have those lame outfits for something. Yeah. Yet another abandoned expedition site whose name I completely missed. But no, no, they were... But who cares? They had an appointment. They were planning to beam down to meet people who live here and actively work here, and they didn't know anything was wrong. But a minute later... They are a colony of six people. Let me just put that out there. They are a colony of six people. Hey, better than the first episode we watched with Dr. and Mr. Mr. and Mrs. Salt Monster. <laughs> they were very happy together. Were they all, like, having sex? Like, was that what we were meant to understand? All the colonists? Yeah. There was no a married idea. couple who were the only people still alive. Those, I don't, I don't those know that poor we... character actors? Yeah. Who was the actress? She seems so familiar. The older lady? Yeah. She, she did look really familiar, familiar. Didn't she who played Elaine. Yeah, I didn't catch. I don't. Who she I don't was. know what her name. They was. made brief cameos, and as if they couldn't stand to have old people on screen, ushered them away very quickly. Yes. and then killed them off. Yes, put them to sleep. Didn't didn't even bother to show their faces. Just put a blanket over them immediately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, so beam down. They're going to go see Robert Johnson. 
Sure. Who cares? His, His name's not important. <laughs> He's old. So they beam down, and the it's like an, it's like a scientific expedition site. <gasps> they bring the tiniest, most pixie-like <laughs> elfin ensign yeah. of all time. I call her so tiniest tiny. girl child. She yeah. was so adorable. She was so, they beam so down. tiny. What was her function? Uh, to get old and die. Earliest, apparently. Yes. Yeah. Because of lady metabolism. This was interesting. We've seen a lot of red shirts die, but not a lot of lady, like, ensigns die. She wasn't an ensign. She was a lieutenant. Oh, well. Sucks um, to be And her. she was wearing science blue, so I don't know. She may have actually had a function. Poor thing. But I thought it was actually neat that they had, like, a lady, a lady secondary for character For all intents and purposes, a lady red shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I thought it was, I don't want to say the slow word nice. Slow onset red shirt. But, Yeah. I mean, good? inclusion is good. Yeah. Ladies can die just as well as men. Yeah. But they beam down faster. <sighs> and this place is abandoned. Due and to their f- weak woman parts. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I, high metabolism usually actually means that you are healthier most Yeah. Of the women time. live longer than it's men. Mm-hmm. Which was not evident Bold. in this text. Um, but yeah. So we hear that Kirk spoke to Dr. Johnson. His name's not important. Um, and he seemed disoriented and confused. Which I'd be like, hmm. Yeah, so he got the message, and yeah, he's like, oh, they're foggy. They were unrelated thoughts. They were all disjointed. And and did not mention this to anyone in the lab. No, party, until they've already beamed out. And doesn't think anything of it. No. Like, oh yeah, freaking scientists, man. So they send everybody off to separate and look around. This is a great idea on the creepy abandoned planet. Chekhov wanders all alone into a building and immediately discovers a corpse. <laughs> he has a reaction which seems disproportionate to the sight he has seen. Yeah, yes. death body, what's it going like, to do? It was a dead person laid out very nicely on a slab. It wasn't a skeleton that leaped out of a closet and grabbed him, but he he has a freak out like that's what happened. Like, yeah. He panics. He yeah. has a panic at the disco. Away. I love their little, like, makeup grave site because it's all dark and then there are just occasionally flashes of light. It's like... Like a cemetery rave, like a permanent, <laughs> permanent cemetery rave, which is how I want to go. Hmm. If I have to be laid out, then definitely. I will attach a strobe light to your coffin. Thank you so much, Cam. So Chekhov chills. They they calm him down slightly, and he leads them back. And they it's a dead body on a slab, was like laid out very nicely, very silent green, reminiscent actually. He's wearing a tragic red jumpsuit. They're all wearing tragic jumpsuits. Um. And they turn the lights on, and he's been, it's clearly like funereal. He's been laid out. He's not, like, oozing. No. So. He's just really old. And Bone Scansman says, he died of old age. And they sort of look at each other like, none of the colonists were this old, or the expedition members were this old. Again, no oldies allowed on TV. No. And then uh, two super-aged people wander in and say, oh, you heard to pay your respects to, what's his name, Albert? The dead sure. guy. Albert. They're crazy super old. Um, and they introduce themselves as Robert, who is the guy Kirk talked to, and his wife, Elaine, who's, uh... Can we find out who that actress is, please, and what else she's been in? Yeah. Pause. Okay, so old lady was Laura Woods, but we don't know that she's actually been in anything that we know. No, Nothing just that we recognize. all old people look the same. Are we right? Are we right? We're not right. <laughs> no, we're very wrong. It's very strange, because, again, there's this weird close-up on Kirk's face where he's like, ugh, Old people. Yeah, he looks, like, visibly disgusted by the sight of olds. Yeah. 
So they were on some kind of experimental colony of six people. Again, I they were on a science stress. expedition. You need more than six people. I, they weren't a colony. They were there to study something. They were an experimental colony. They need more than six. They people. They referred to them as an ex, as an expedition. Experimental colony. Of I think that six. I think that just means they're because they refer to them as expedition members later. Anyway, hmm. um, they asked them. They introduced themselves, and they're like. That doesn't seem right. They weren't that old. They ask them how old they are. They say they're 29 and 27. They look about 110. My favorite part here was that when we cut to credits, you get a nice dun-dun-dun, basically. Yeah. Here we go. An actual dun-dun-dun. Old people. Neither Robert nor Elaine are at all fussed about the fact that they seem to have aged like 90 years. That's because they only have two more episodes, two more minutes left in this episode. It's true. So we beam back to a space staff meeting. Of mm-hmm. course, always my favorite. Yep. Where... No, no, I'm sorry. One moment. Four, they tell us four, in the little log bit, four had died. There were six members of the expedition. Four had died. Two were dying. We get a moment in the in sick bay with Dr. Johnson, like, the dude. All he cares about is his wife is no longer hot. I know he's got dementia, but that bugged me for some reason. Well, no, it wasn't that she wasn't hot. She's like, oh, she was so beautiful when she was young. He says it like three times. It was like a, it felt to me more like a, like a, a reminiscence. Yeah. Of like a fond reminiscence of how much he loves his wife. She's so beautiful. Yeah, I, I actually so quite liked that moment. I thought it was quite sweet. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you see her now, but I see mm-hmm. her as she was. Yeah. The smoking 27 year old <laughs> that she was two hours ago. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, space staff meeting, which I always love. Mm-hmm. We're introduced to Commodore Stockard. Sure, Commodore Stockard Channing. Yep. Who's like, just happy to be mm-hmm. here, guys. No, I'd have much rather had Stockard Channing in this episode. Stockard Channing would be better in everything. I know, like, on How Did This Get Made, they play the game, like, would it be better with Nicolas Cage? I think we would play the game, <laughs> would, would it be, be better, better with Stockard Channing? Channing? The, the answer, answer is, is always yes. 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 Always. Yeah. Would Kirk be better if it was played by Stockard Channing? Yes. Yes. Ooh, there's an idea. New series. There is a new series coming. There is. With no yeah. casting announcements yet. Brian Fuller, hook us up. Captain Stockard Channing would be amazing. And she wouldn't need, like, a character name. It would just be Captain Stockard Channing. Yeah. Oh, rightful heir to Michael Barrett in the Star Trek universe. They did both have giant hair full of secrets. It's exactly amazing what voices. I thought. They both <laughs> had the nice big hair. Uh Yes, hair enough for two. <laughs> Which is funny, considering Kirk's receding and growing hairline in this <laughs> it episode. Goes forward, it goes back. It goes forward. It's I on the back. move. I have to say, of all of Kirk's aging makeup in this, my favorite was sort of this point where he's about, he's definitely descended into a middle age where he's getting a little bit, a little bit wrinkly, but his hairline is starting to widow's peak out and recede. Yeah. And I thought that was a great piece of makeup, just making him look like that his hair is starting to thin. I liked the fact that they actually gave him like a realistic, like graying pattern for a ginger. Like, yeah, that's what it does. It's confusing. I liked how it went back and forth. Rumor is because Shatner refused to take off his toupee. <laughs> so they had to work around the dupe. They had wow. to put toupee on top of a toupee? Toupees on top of toupees. Toupees all the way down. Oh, Shat. Yeah. So space staff meeting. We also get introduced to Dr. Janet Wallace. Ugh. Who initially, because I didn't get her name right away, I just wrote down as civilian in hot pink, question mark, question mark. We're calling her Dr. Blondie. Her you know outfit. What? I liked her. I did like her. I liked I feel, her. She no, was I'm sensible. She blonde. was blonde. Practical. She was very blonde. She had a 
thankless role to play, which is just mostly be like, oh, Kirk, I would still bang you. You know what? I read that in a more of a sort of a a very, like, straightforward, pragmatic sort of, yeah, I'd still bang you. Really? I did not read anything she did in this episode as cow-eyed. Like, pitying, absolutely. But I think she was just very practical because they have that whole conversation about how she dumped him because she wasn't going to, like, just abandon her career to ride around in a starship. Uh, then she immediately hooked up with the most powerful other man that she could find. Who was in her field. Uh, who was 27 years older than her, and then married him, and then... Well, the way that she describes... Now he's dead, she's back for some more Kirk. Yeah. Yeah. The way she described that is, eh, we were alone. He was really well-respected in our field. That is what she said. He was a great man. Did you love him? Ugh. I kind of got the impression that she's someone who did not, does not follow the, like, squishy romantic hearts into relationships, which I actually really respect. Why marry him at all? Why marry he anyone? there. A lot of people are just there. Sometimes in the, I'm in the office with another coworker. I don't just freaking marry them because they're there. No. But I don't think, oh, well, I decided we just have, like, a weekend fling with lots of sex would have gone over really well with the 1960s audiences. It's bonkers. Her whole role is insulting, I feel like she is just there to make cow eyes a Kirk and let everyone know that he's still bangable at whatever age. My favorite part of everything she did was where at one point Kirk said to her, are you just into me? Because now I'm getting old. And it was like, <laughs> your hu- how old was your husband? Oh, he was old. You have a type. A type. And it is... a woman who knows what she wants. Foot in grave. <laughs> I I did like the actress, though. I thought she did. Oh, she was splendid. She did everything yeah. she could with what she was given. Yeah. I, again, it's so tough because all of Kirk's love interests thus far have been, like, cool ice blondes, which I like, obviously. And... Ten years younger than him? Ah. Uh, Except for What's-Her-Face in the trial episode? Was she that young? No, she was his age. No, she was his and age. And so was Trial Lady. That's the one I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah. he doesn't yeah. have a lot of youngins that he has actually had previous relationships that show up. They're no, usually the in newbies and around her age. Young. The only newbie that he has, he's usually just playing to get something. That is true. Like actress lady who is yes. the daughter of mass murderer man. But she was playing yes. him right back, so I actually don't count that. Yeah, that was mutual playing. And Miri, who was 14. <laughs> and that was disgusting. Sure, fine. Anyway, but I, I, I kind of wish that there was a meeting of, like, the Kirk ex-girlfriend club, because they seem like a formidable band of ladies, and I would love to see them tearing around the galaxy together. Yeah, that would be interesting. Because she's an endocrinologist? Yeah. yeah. She, and he's got, a, like, a lawyer on his side, like... That, I think, is actually the most specific scientific field we have had attributed to a female guest star so far. How much endocrinology does she do in it's this just, episode? It's just, it's crazy specific. Well, no, she does. In Bone, she helps him find the cure. She stands there. Yes. No, she, she gives substantive no. contributions. She makes suggestions. She goes off screen to do science and comes back. She does actually do science in this episode. As much as Bones ever does. So fact, Ari hallucinated all of that. I did not. They have a whole conversation about the research that they that she did previously on Other Planet and does says science words. And she does more science in this episode than Bones does. If only because she's sane the whole time. Also, Bones is too busy with his thick southern accent yes. to help out anyone. I'm sure that's very distracting. <laughs> Back to the staff meeting. Yes. We're at the staff meeting. Old people get old. Old people die. Yeah. <laughs> Says McCoy. 
Yep. They are near the neutral zone and someone, and some, I feel like Kirk, in a, again, one of those yeah. weird logic leaps where you're like, I'm sorry, could you actually spell out how you got here? He's like, oh, this whole old ray must be a Romulan weapon. Okay, crazy Cold War mentality, dude. Whatever you say. Alright, then, and for whatever reason, they're gonna orbit around this old person planet. Well, Commodore, what's his face, immediate, wants to go immediately to Starbase 10, which is where they were heading on the yeah. schedule. Objection, Commodore, because you don't know how this is transmitted or spread. Yeah, that is true. We should stay where we are. Although, I guess, I mean, later on, the protocols say that you do go immediately to Starbase, you just fucking stay on your ship. Yeah, so. I would think that going to the Starbase would mean you'd have access to more people to do the... And facilities. And facilities to do the research and maybe different equipment or better equipment. Because as we saw in the episode with Zeph from Cochrane, you can't bring the cure to the lady. You have to take the lady to the Starbase to the cure. Yeah, or and then you put the, the lady cure. into another lady and then it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Plus specifically medical staff that aren't going rapidly senile. And this is all things that Commodore... Not at this point, Brings but up. does bring up. He's like, Over we've got nice stuff at our Starbase. And everyone is, you know, their own age. I kind of feel, I really like I feel this bad Commodore for him. Yeah. Because I feel like he just wants to go home like he's a bit of a home buddy. Like, okay, I did a little bit of space now, ready to go home. I feel that, I do. Yeah, like, I've got my now, own blankie. My question now that I'm, why the fuck is he on the ship in the first place? Uh, they vaguely alluded to the fact that he is the administrator for this area oh, of space, okay. so I think he may have had something to do with whatever kind of He's meeting a little tour. was going to be happening on this planet okay, or okay. something. Yeah. But yeah, because at some point in the meeting, he's described as being responsible. You were included because you're responsible for this area of space. And he so is think- so thankful to be at that staff meeting. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he's so proud. So thankful. Yeah. So Dr. Blondie takes this moment, like, staff meeting out. They yep. do, like, a handshake Every, and everyone's gone out. to do whatever, I guess. She's, she's, she hangs back so that Kirk will stay and they can have a little chat about what she's doing here mm-hmm. and her dead husband. Mm-hmm. And now she's back and remember mm-hmm. how we used to date. Remember how we used to have sex? How would you feel about doing that again? I actually didn't get that yet at this point. Really? 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 She's because, like... Well, she, first of all, she's like, so I've been on the ship all these days and you barely even talked to me. I thought we were friends. Like, we're old friends. That's, in fact, how she first introduces herself, is we are old friends. Actually, and, he says that. Yeah. And then he's like, well, yeah, but then you got married and left me and whatever. See, he's trying to be... Because, we, as we know, we, actually, the one thing we do know about Kirk is that he does not hit on ladies who may possibly be under his command. That's this true. This is Kirk being like, we're friends. Just friends. Because you're married. And then she's like, he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> so let's get down. Yeah. And there's this weird, like, banter about their previous relationship. He's like, well, how long after we called it off did you get married? You cow! <laughs> you get the expression that he is still angry. Yeah. yeah. You uh, really he's do. Very, he's, very, he's very bitter about it. He's like, well, you met a man in the same field as you. You didn't have to give up a thing. And I'm like... Damn right she didn't. I was actually really proud of her for that. Because he wanted, I am sure, wanted her to, like, marry him and, like, just sort of follow him around the universe on a starship and not be able to do her own work. So I actually really respect her for not marrying Kirk. I mean, generally that is a good life plan. Hey. Not marrying James Kirk. Hey, hey, hey. But she follows that up with, he's trying to, like, suss out, like, who is the new guy? Like, what, how, how is he better than James T? She's just like, he was a great man in his field, and I respected him. That's all. I got that. I got very much, 
he was there. He was a great man. I respected him. And he had a 15-foot penis or something like that. Like, <laughs> you really don't understand. And it feels like she had no emotions towards she, him No, whatsoever. I think it was just, like, she was doing her stuff. And he was there. Yeah, but this entire scene is there to let Kirk know that she is DTF. <laughs> <laughs> and I did write in my notes that was some damn romantic music. Wasn't it? I also was have like, sexy music oh, down. I thought was it was like very sexy. Violins and swelling and there was swelling, swelling and power. That was like and... it was like romance. Like the music let us know this is romance. <laughs> The thing is, though, that regardless of how or how much flirting there is from her towards Kirk, is that it never goes any further than that. It goes nowhere. I actually, it was sort of like, you know, if you've got some time free, I'm here. You can't see me, but I'm shaking my head. Eh. Nah. She was very level-headed as a character, and I actually really enjoyed her a lot. I respect that she was just like... Career first. This guy's here. Sure, I'll marry him, but my work is more important. And I, I appreciated that. Why marry the guy at all? Eh, she was bored. I guess. So Kirk swaggers onto desk and Spock's like, everything yeah. normal. It's not. Everything goes rapidly downhill. It really does. Apparently there's a, a rogue comet. Yeah. I, a comet's gone rogue. Some kind of evil comet. Um, yeah. And we start seeing symptoms crop up in the landing party, like, immediately. Yeah, Kurt gives an order to Sulu, and then... Sulu's like, uh, you mean like you just told me to do five seconds ago? And then Kirk flounces off with, well then, follow it! Yeah. Um, yeah. It's every, well, the thing is, as soon as Kirk starts having symptoms after he... Even though he knows this is an illness yeah. that's like... Yeah, that he has. That's not mm-hmm. naturally occurring, and it's not anything to do with him, but, like... He's still blaming everybody else for his symptoms, which is ridiculous. It is. It is. It is. Like, understandable in a regular person, but dude, you're the captain of a fucking starship. You kind of need to be on the ball. Yeah, your pride is really not important here. Mm -hmm. That's very, very true. So, is it Golding who's the young manic pixie dream girl? Galway. Galway. Good enough. She is aged 85 years. Yeah. Um, she is so tiny. No, no, no. Well, she wanders into sickbay and she just looks tired. Uh, Oh, she looks haggard. Yeah. She looks like a witch from a haunted house. She looks like a 40-year-old housewife with 16 children and She definitely looks like she's aged about... And lives in a shoe. Yes. She definitely looks like she's aged about 20 years since the staff meeting. So she comes in and controls, I'm having trouble hearing. And McCoy takes a look at her face, which he saw not two hours ago. And it's like, ah, don't worry about it. It's probably nothing. But we'll run some tests. What? No, he's like, oh, we'll do some sonic stuff on your ears, you'll be fine. Fuck you, McCoy, you are the worst doctor in Starfleet. Also, if he looked at himself in the mirror, he would notice that he is graying at the temples. Well, fortunately, Kirk comes in to tell him so. (laughs) This this is making me so angry. Again, Spock should take a look at her and go, gee williker, something is up. (laughs) And yet, no. And yet, no. And yet, no. Yeah, um... The last, the, the, those, the two old people in the episode are dead. Oh, before, they're gone. before they die, though, we did get a nice shirtless Kirk scene for, just for Kareem. We get very a nice extended shirtless Kirk scene, but it's not very sexy because A, he's not sweating. He's dry <laughs> as a baby's bottom. And he's that was just a very strange. You're 
I guess dry as a baby's belly. Like, anyways, like he's not glistening or anything. He's just kind of like standing there, and then he does like grimaces, but they're not like sexy grimaces. They're like, oh, my shoulder hurts. Anyway, and it's so awkward. He kind of like (laughs) grabs something so he doesn't have good grip or a good like finger. He's having arthritis. He doesn't have any good fingering work left in him, so it's like, oh, oh god, this really is a bad episode for Karina. It's in theory giving you everything you want, but it's just making it sad. It's in fact taking everything I want away. So yeah. the arthritis symptoms actually do make Kurt go to sick bay, where the Bones old, is going gray. And the olds have died. The yeah, olds, olds have, died. have died, but um, we don't need to see their faces because they're old. Bones actually, you know, we already five minutes ago diagnosed it with arthritis, but Bones does so officially. And then Scotty walks in. Oh my god. So with, rough. He is covered in baby powder. Yeah. Like baby powder <laughs> on... They just walked him through like a giant cloud of it because he's just powder white. Yeah. Powder Hair, white. With- face. He just sort of wanders in looking like he's aged like 45 years, like old Scotty, but still skinny. Like old Scotty from the TNG episode, but still skinny. Scottish ghost. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like the Scottish ghost that uh, really bangs. I don't feel so good. Like, because you're old. No kidding. You guys look terrible. Yeah. And we come back from commercial break and then everyone is old. Except Chekhov. Who is doing the wall exercise yes. where he yeah. bike pedals yeah. against it, which the is square bicycle. Hilarious. The upside down square bike. So apparently they age 30 years for each day or something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. but then it says they all have about a week to live. I like, Kirk is 35. Like, 65, like, he's getting up to, like, 200 and something years old by the end of the week. Like, that math does not work. Well, maybe when Spock says a week, he means himself. Unless it's Wednesday and they're all going to be dead by Friday. Maybe. Okay, let's go with that. It's Space Wednesday, we're all dead by Space <laughs> Friday. Yeah. Friday, really, it's the working week, Kim. Yeah, it's not, it like, is. the full week, it's the working week. The and working and week, uh, okay. Bones does tell, he tells Spock, you're perfectly healthy, and then Spock's like, I am not healthy and lists off his symptoms and Bones is like, let me finish. Perfectly healthy for a Vulcan on the high side of a hundred. So apparently the high side of a hundred just looks like faint crow's feet and like a tiny bit of a gray at the temples. And he's slightly cranky. And he's slightly cranky. <laughs> slightly. Yeah. So that well, would I mean, be the human it fits side. in with what we know about Vulcan physiology going forward. That they can mm-hmm. live well into 200 or something. <laughs> they go downhill yeah. like crazy. Yeah. And they're just, they're just fine, 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 fine. And then they start getting really old. Yeah. Like Richard Dean Anderson in the last few seasons of uh, SG1. This episode essentially devolves into, like, grumpy old men in space. So they just start bickering at each other, and Scotty's like, oh, I need to go back to work, but first I need a nap. That was my actual note in here. (laughs) Spock is affected too. Scotty needs a nap. (laughs) And poor Galway stumbles back in looking 200% worse than before, and I noticed that because they didn't want to do the makeup on her neck and chest, they just sort of shoved a scarf in there. That was, Scarves. like, the weirdest costume. It was so yeah. strange. What is around? Is it, like, a neck brace? Because it's her they finished her face, and then they had to go to camera, and they didn't That's have so time awful. to do her neck. And she's like, let me go to work. If I fall asleep, I won't wake up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I felt really bad for her, but she was so cute. Yeah. She was so tiny and so dead. And then as she's walking out, there's a mirror in the middle of sick bay. She <laughs> looks up, sees her, like, 85-year-old face and says, that's a stupid place to hang a mirror, which is like bitching last words. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they are. Um, can yeah. I also note at this point, Chekhov is just lying on the bench in the background yeah. doing nothing. He's just literally like chilling. I yeah. feel like they gave him like stuff to do at the beginning of the scene and then they forgot to give him direction for the rest. So like 
he's lying there like, okay, now what? Do I get up? Do I say something? Do I... I'll just lie here. Also, no Why? one seems visibly concerned about Lieutenant Galway. It's like, ah, she'll get over yeah, it. They just send her back to work. She is old. She's very old. She's frail. Yeah, she, and she has to wear easy. so many scarves. <laughs> I mean, that's the other thing the scarf could be for, conceivably, to keep her warm, her tiny little oh, body warm. Yeah. She's so cute. She's so cute. I could not get over. Yeah. She's so tiny and so cute. In that first scene, yeah. she beams down and there's like four or five like six foot men standing around her and she's Teeny like little four nine. Yeah. Oh, she's so cute. She's adorable. So yes. poor Chekhov as the only one who is not infected with the old disease has to go through like a million tests and we see him going back to the bridge and just being like a whiny little bitch about it. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. People are dying around you and you he's can like, and oh, still it hurts. The they test. took my blood and it hurts. They poked me here and it hurts. I... Uh, I was like, pull your attitude up, kid. Like, yeah. people are dying and you may be the key to saving them. Like, like dude, you should be down there going, what else can I yeah. give you? I'm what surprised they let him go. What would you like? Yeah. <laughs> Although he does give one of my favorite checkoff lines in series. And so was like, I think you'll live in this sort of like, stop whining about it sort yeah. of tone. Chuck was like, yeah, I'll live, but I won't enjoy it. <laughs> It's so weird. We have another scene between Kirk and Lieutenant Blondie. Because yeah, he's, is... he's getting older, and this is the point where he's like, and how older was your husband? And I think Shatner like, wrote uh, this scene. That's what I think. 26 years? Like, she's exactly totally how old you are? It's, this, it, this is a really awful scene. It, it, it starts out, for me, sort of like, eh, and then it just goes like, mm. It made no sense, because, like, if Kirk is mad that he thinks she's coming on to him because he looks old, that makes no sense with the scene that we saw earlier after the the meeting where she's like, what up? I'm here. Let's go somewhere and do something. This is before he starts visibly aging and she doesn't know that he's been like super affected or whatever. He goes super cranky super fast and honestly... I think the he's moment, just decided. No, the, pre- the moment previous to this he should have been taken off command because oh, yes. he just bickers at everyone. So yeah, he says, look at me, what do you see? And she says, well, you're growing older. But I feel like this is some kind of weird masculine oh, yes. anxiety thing. It is. It's in his head. He's dying. The ship is in danger. And he's what he's not, concerned about... He's not about, dying. He's getting old. Yeah. And what he's concerned about, the, like, the ship is in danger because he's being an idiot. And what he's most concerned about is how fuckable he is. Like, really, man? Really? This is your priority right now? So he decides... He decides that this girl he used to be in love with, oh, well, she's only she only wants to, to fuck me because she's into old dudes. It's not maybe that she actually cares about you or anything. It is. He you asks, asshole. what are you offering? Yeah. Love or a going away present? I wanted to slap his oh stupid God, wrinkly face. T- I hate Kirk so much. This is a terrible episode for it Kirk. It is. Yeah. Um, I feel like this was just licensed to be a dickhead in every direction including up and down like three-dimensional dickhead mm-hmm. like um, they always forget spaces but i feel like this has a lot to do with shatner's ego that's why i think shatner wrote this so they're just like <laughs> go ahead bill and then he just did whatever he wanted because jeez well uh, I read the book 50 Years of Star Trek, which 100% everyone should read. It is fascinating, and we will talk about it once all of us have read it. Uh, BT Dub, spoiler alert, I need to apologize to Gene Kuhn. <laughs> <laughs> Repeatedly. But 
how Shatner and Nimoy would be writing notes to the director, like, oh, Kirk wouldn't do this, and oh, Spock would never say such a thing, like, I should do this. Kirk should always be heroic because he is the hero. And I feel like this and the way that he acts is part of Shatner not wanting Kirk to seem anything heroic, but I feel like also someone offered this to him as his King Lear. Wow. I hate that play. Yeah. Hate that play. That's fair. I hate so much. That's okay, Ari. Um, yeah, but like King Lear, he's a fucking moron with no priority, so he throws a hissy fit and stomps off to the Oh bridge. my god, she's Cordelia, isn't she? Oh. Like, she's offering- See, now I like her more! Oh, she's offering, like, love and support and trying to help him. Like, and he's just, honest, like, sincere affection and yeah. concern and support. And, and she's he's just, just being a shoving dick. it in her face. Yeah. Men are the worst, basically. Um, so he stomps off to the bridge where he screws up some more. Yeah, and we're not going to gloss over it. We are going to gloss over everything that happens here because Commodore Stalker is like, guys, we need to talk. Yeah, I was like... I was willing to let you, like, okay, fine, you have facilities in the Enterprise, fine, earlier, but it's gotten way worse, and we really need to go to the Starbase now. There's this terrible demonstrative scene where Kirk signs something. I love that they still oh, have, yeah. like, signatures in space. Yeah. <laughs> you still need to notarize things in space. So he signs something, he tells Sulu to do something, and he gets a horror to send something in an old code, and... Then he, of course, makes all these mistakes, and everyone's like, oh, no. And they kind of go, oh, do you really want us to do these mistakey orders? And then he essentially flips there the table this, over on them. Yeah, there is this really embarrassing, long, drawn-out moment of silence where everyone is looking at him, and he's looking at them going, oh, I did just fuck up, and everyone saw but that's his concern. Not, oh, that would have put the ship in enormous danger. Oh, now I'm embarrassed. Yeah. This is why I could never be a starship captain, because I can't even handle secondhand embarrassment. Like, watching that was really painful. At least up until the point where he, yeah, flipped a table and stormed out. Yeah, we go back to uh, McCoy, Chapel, and Dr. Blondie. And I only want to pay attention to this scene because there is a giant aluminum dildo just sitting on that table for... No particular reason. Yep. I was more focused on the fact that this is, the I think, the first scene where they've done something and given DeForest <laughs> Kelly the weirdest wig you have ever seen it's in your life. It's a wiggity yeah. wig. It's like the older McCoy gets and the the, like, the darker his drawn-on forehead <laughs> lines get, the longer and blonder his hair gets, and the thicker his accent gets. He gets hair, his hair got actually more luxurious the older Yes! Yeah. But you know what? My grandpa's hair did that, so that actually didn't bother <laughs> me that much. Like, it looked, it looked thicker, it was shinier, it flopped all over the place, like... So it was, that actually was the most, re- apart from the very accurate ginger graying pattern that Shatner had going on, despite his hilarious, like, m- migrating toupee, I actually had no problem with McCoy's hair. This is so weird, because we have a science trio who are ostensibly going to solve this problem, because mm-hmm. they are science. Yeah. Um, two ladies, which is awesome, Chapel and Dr. Blondie, and McCoy, who should not be there. No, he really should not. No, but I guess no. they just couldn't get him to fucking leave. So they're, like, giving him cookies and... Like, something to, like, a coloring book and being like, yes, there. That's very important scientific work. Okay, Chapel, let's do the real shit. Yeah. And, I mean, I get, uh, I don't agree, I don't know if I agree that Bones shouldn't be there because he doesn't have the dementia 
He doesn't seem as bad off as the others. Kirk True. Has. He still has his mind about him. He's just getting more curmudgeonly. Yeah. And more and, southern. Yeah, 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 and more southern. And I mean, I think it's... Uh, is it canonical that... Because DeForest Kelly is in the premiere of Next Generation. Yes. As a very old... Very ad- old. Admiral. Is he supposed to be... Yes. He's supposed to be McCoy. Uh, yes. So they were really cagey about that for years. Like, at the in the beginning, they were very deliberately ambiguous about whether it had actually been McCoy or not, but later on, I, they said in interviews, yeah, that was definitely meant to be McCoy. And his makeup was modeled on this episode. Yeah. 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 Because, yeah, he was, in that next-gen episode, he's, like, old as balls, yeah. and he's still, like, got his all Quite his senses coaching. about him. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I was Not so everybody I, gets dementia. Yeah, not everybody gets dementia. So I was completely fine with Bones hanging around yeah. and doing science. Yes. Soft science, because he mostly just sits around going, I'm an old country doctor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't do that. I'm mm-hmm. an old country doctor. He could make mm-hmm. you a gin and tonic, though. Um, or a mint julep. The yes. next thing I actually took notes on was the fact that Kirk falls asleep in his chair on the bridge. Which would be awfully tempting. I mean, when you go through space, it off- it looks like that early Something. Windows uh, the screensaver. screensaver. Yeah. 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 That would be quite tempting to take it now. I actually have many memories of falling asleep watching that screensaver, so I definitely would fall asleep. Mm. I also have many memories of falling asleep in front of my computer this week at the office. Yeah. It's, it's boring I, and I think hot. Spock sort of take those, a nap. Like, Captain, it takes starts. I was totally awake. Yeah. Yeah. At this point, poor Commodore has to step in as the only mm-hmm. voice of reason and only functioning adult in this entire yep. crew and say, We gotta get rid of him. I don't want to. I don't I like really doing don't, this. Because I like Kirk. I respect he's Kirk. He's a stand up guy. He he's like, I don't like this. I respect Kirk. But we have to face facts that. He is not in command of all his faculties, and he's nope. making bad decisions. Yep. Like, he's not mentally capable of doing this job anymore. So, Spock, you are going to have to do, what do they call it, an extraordinary competency hearing. Yeah. They're going to have to impeach him. Now, yeah. uh, right before this happens, just as a side note, Galloway dies, just to yep. sort of ramp up the severity, which sounds fine, great. We're coming to sort of the, the, the crisis point of the episode Except what actually happens next. I No, I'm going to take a moment for poor Galloway. Poor Galloway. Yeah, hold on to that ire. So it's in sick bay. She kind of stumbles in, falls into Kirk's arms, just like collapses backwards into a heap of ash and bone. Mm-hmm. And Kirk just kind of holds her. And they just kind of talk over her body as they're holding it. Yeah. They have a conversation. But what about us? Like you're holding a bag of groceries and met on the street. Not a moment for, let's have, uh, like, what are we going to do? She was only 23. Yeah. She was only 12. Yeah. She She was only a tiny pixie. She was our beautiful, manic pixie dream lieutenant. Like, not a word to say in honor of her. Just... Shit, what about us? And what am I supposed to do with this in my arms? It's heavy. Mm. And so, yeah. old. Yeah. Why do I just an old girl? So old. Yeah. All right, all right. Bring back your R. Yeah. Fire. So we are actually, like, it's not a good episode. It's not well written, but we are at least following the correct, like, upward curve of yeah, an yeah. episode the of television. Yeah, tension is ramping tension up. Is ramping we feel up. the feelings. Everything's sort of mounting. Oh, my worried. God. What are we going to do next, guys? So what actually happens next is instead of ramping it up slightly further before we start going down the other side into the denouement, is that we screeching halt every single thing that is happening in this episode so far so that we can have a hearing. 
So that lasts for five hundred years. It's true. The narrative arc is you know you start you start your action and there's like the act, the curve up 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 and then you climax and yep. then you come down. Yes, le petit mort, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, in the middle of like this rising action and things are heating up and everything. No, no, no. It's as if we just stopped. Yes. And the narrative an episode of Law and Order. Yeah, the narrative truck stop, except without any of the like drama or intrigue or interesting parts. It's more boring than every single episode of Law and Order. It is the most boring Fact. thing that has ever happened in Because Star Trek. the trial is uh-huh. we go back to what had just happened twenty minutes ago and they just have everyone talk read about out it. their lines again, basically. Yeah. In Essentially front of a hearing. copied and pasted. And the best part setting. is that we have Two of the three people working on the cure to make sure that the people who are no longer competent to command the ship don't die have been called to a hearing instead of doing science. Bones and Wallace are sitting across the table from each other, looking at Kirk on a third side of the room, sitting on a little pedestal while we go over everything that's happened. It's like, dude, really? We couldn't have waited like 15 minutes for them to figure out the cure? No, no. We have to have a hearing right here, right now. It's a copy and paste job. Yeah. It's no new dialogue. It's no new information. It is actually what we have just heard. What it we is, have just yeah. watched. They even bring back the loot or the, the yeoman from the bridge who got Kirk to sign the paper. They like literally bring the actress back into the room so she can be like, Ugh. I got him to sign the paper. He forgot he signed the paper and wanted to sign it again. Are you sure he forgot to sign the paper? Yeah. He forgot to sign the paper. Like, this is ten minutes. I do Mom. enjoy it because it does have a moment of Kirk having a tantrum. Just like, I'm the captain of the ship! I am the captain of the ship! Although he does actually say, why are we wasting time during a crisis with this nonsense of a competency here? It's the only thing I agree with him the entire episode. It's like, I agree. This is nonsense. We should be doing science instead. It's true. So, that lasts 500 years. Oh. We grew old during that. I actually <laughs> wrote, are we seriously still in this hearing? Dear God, why are we still here? In fact, we are still yeah. still here. So Spock can't take command because he is also being affected. So the so Commodore. Commodore Stalker, Stockard, whatever his name is, takes command. Spock's like, you've never commanded a starship. You've never had a field command. So everyone's a little bit worried about this. And he says, okay, he says, would you prefer a junior officer? And I write, how about Uhura, who's been in command before? Or Scotty. Or, or Sulu. Scotty, Scotty's affected too. Scotty's okay, affected. fine. But Scotty's Uhura. Out. Or Sulu. Sulu. Or Sulu. Either one of them. Sulu. They're both fine. Yeah. Uh, I guess, no. I guess Commodore technically He's a has, higher rank. He is a higher but rank. But has never had a field command. Doesn't but, matter, he's still a higher rank. To the Commodore's credit, when he gets in trouble... Oh, yes. He does turn to Sulu and ask for suggestions. Yes. And Good Sulu for him. is completely unhelpful. Although, my ship would have to be actively counting down to explosion, and the only solution is immediately on the other side of the neutral zone for me to enter the, enter the neutral zone in an emergency. It is a very bad idea. It is a terrible idea. It's been set up that that is a place that you do not go. You do not, under it's any not circumstances. It's called the shortcut no. zone. No. <laughs> yeah, but... And I guess they did try and build it up as, like, well, we need to get where we're going as fast as possible. But even if it is life-threateningly urgent, and I'm not disagreeing that it is life-threateningly urgent, but it's life-threateningly urgent for what? How many of them are left? Four people? Against the entire population of the Federation, which violating a treaty could endanger? Like, 
what the hell is wrong? You're a Commodore. That is a desk job. Presumably you do politics and diplomacy more than you do Starship Command because you're clearly not experienced with Starship Command. How do you not know that you do not violate the treaty? I feel like that would be an all points bulletin yeah. to everyone. Bold font, like 24 point at the top of the page. Here's the rule about the neutral zone. Do not enter. It's kind of like the tracks on the SkyTrain. There's enough signage there and yeah. enough certainty of death that really everyone should know not to go there. And Even yet. If there is a Pokemon on the tracks. <laughs> Depends what kind of Pokemon, uh, Kim. They never actually said what kind of Pokemon it was, did they? They it's want... not relevant to the story. <laughs> it's not. It is not. Want anyone... And that is my point. They also probably didn't want to encourage anyone to go look for this Pokemon if it was rare or something. Oh, True. you don't need to climb the tracks. It's not three-dimensional. Anyway. No. There's a weird, there's a weird slash awful slash supposed to be emotional slash supposed to be dramatic, but as actually just you feel nothing but annoyed. Mm. Between Kirk and Spock, where Kirk again goes full-on leer at him, saying, you betray me, you backstabbing bastard. How dare you? You're disloyal. You're out of my gang. You're out of the band. And, uh, and Spock just kind of sits there taking it like, like oh. you are clearly suffering from senile dementia. I'm just going to nod my head. My entire summary of this section was Kirk rambles about getting old. True. Then Jan shows up and then Kirk definitely says again, I'm not old, despite all evidence. I'm still hot. Look at me. Yeah. Dude. You don't run a starship with arms. You run it with your head. Neither of which are working well right now. Oh my god. Oh, how yeah. could how could a case of radiation poisoning relieve me of my command? Really, bro? Like obviously oh. it should at least temporarily. So somehow they've managed to overlook what Chekhov actually did on this planet as to why he's not affected, which was essentially screaming and running away like a tiny tiny child who has just seen its first clown. <laughs> Yeah, so apparently what protected him was a high adrenaline level. Um, that's it. There is some weird stuff where, like, oh, Haroon was not... Haronalem. They actually mentioned that a bunch more times later on, so establishment of minor canon point, um, because Bone says that before they they developed Haronalem, Hy- Hy- I think sure. it is, um, which is now the standard treatment for any radiation sickness. Okay. It used to be adrenaline. I have no idea if that's true. But I'm sure they tried some wacky-ass shit. I'm sure they did. It and in the 60s, it was probably fake. way wackier than now. Sounds legit. Yeah, they had no sound... idea. Yeah. Radiation this is the 60s. They had no idea. Um, yeah, it was a so... great science montage, though. It was. I really liked it. It's essentially it like our fading. two ladies and McCoy, like, posing. Science. Beakers. Microscopes. Yeah. While the ladies do all the important work. So, we've entered into the Romulan zone and give it two minutes and everything is shaking. Yeah, because the Romulans are like, oh, you did not just do that. Everything is under attack. And the Commodore freezes up because, sure, great timing. Yeah, and he's like, well, can't we just call them and explain? And everyone on the bridge is like, uh, they don't hear so good. No. It's, It's quite sad. Yeah. But they, of course, they get the adrenal juice Whatever, that they're going to, like, <laughs> stick right into them. My actual notes on this is, Spock has made a shitty cure. <laughs> he he just has it in, like, a beaker. Where is he getting it from? I don't know, but his explanation was, I made a cure. It's not great, 
but it might work. I assume and they Kirk, just gave it to him to carry because he's got really steady hands, even though he's And Kirk was like, old. just pump me full of it. See, this is dumb because Kirk is the worst possible candidate for this test. It should have been Spock because he is much stronger and much less likely to die from it. But you need more of it to work on him. Also, if you inject Spock first, you can't make fun of him for being old at the end of the episode. That is true. So true, guys. So there is a weird jutting crotch shot that seems to go on forever. Instead of the morph denouement that we should have gotten. That's yeah. true. A Commodore on the bridge is like, shit, uh, better surrender. surrender. And Chekhov's like, they don't take captives. Yeah. Which I thought was awesome. And that cool. is something yeah. else I would have thought would have been in the Romulan neutral zone rules. Number one, just don't. Number two, they don't take fucking captives. You should know this, Commodore. He must have missed that day. He hasn't Academy. been reading his email. I hate people like that. <laughs> so then Kirk, Kirk's on board and he's all Kirkety Kirk Kirk. He's Kirk. fine. He's he young. He leaps back again. into action. He's young again. Yep. He bluffs the Romulans. Uh, for something that, that I didn't pay attention to or care about. It was yeah. the whole thing with Ahura where he was like, use Channel 2. But the Romulans have cracked Channel 2. Exactly. Oh, yeah. who cares? Who cares? Full it's not ahead. important. Full speed ahead. And oh, he used the Corbamite maneuver. <laughs> Did you guys notice that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love that. That, that was, was awesome. Great yeah. little call And then we warp it right out of there. He takes the time to go over his shoulder and slag star bases and the Commodore at the same time. Because mm-hmm. yep. that's a great use of your effort. There's a moment of poor yeoman. Uh, yep. And they're like, okay, Spock, now your turn. We cleaned out the sick room from anything that you might break when you're flailing around. Sure. What? It's- I didn't understand that at all really wait who cares it's something to remember at all our old age they say and then kirk says my bet hit my favorite line steady as she goes and uh also under his breath i always fucking remember traitor spock (laughs) (laughs) that was more in his gaze than dialogue but fair enough Mm -hmm. uh factoid about this episode dr wallace's outfit were actually made of drapes (laughs) <laughs> I believe it. It was literally like a pink pantsuit with like orange cutouts. Yeah. The orange cutouts definitely look like circa 1960s curtains, 100%. Yep. Actual I think we drapes. had a couch made of that, actually, because there was a pink panel and there was sort of a weird... What color was I that? I hope whichever seamstress on set made that costume out of drapes was singing songs from the soundtrack of The Sound of Music. I hope so. Yes. Yes. The I hope only so thing that Maybe she was Maybe with Julianne. No, I'm actually pretty sure that because the, there was like the bright pink part and then there was, what was that? Like puce? The the, mm. the side panel? The oh, sort of brownie green? I think we had a couch made out of that Ew. when I was a kid. Ugh. Yeah. It was a lot going. It was hard to look directly at her outfit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad we saw her mostly from the yeah. face up. Face up. She had a good face. Oh, she, she had did. a great face. I, I feel terrible. Great hair, too. Um, mm-hmm. Terrible for her and the material that she had to work with. Yeah. She was probably really hot, although she did not look it. Oh, you mean warm? Yes. Oh, she was wearing <laughs> I was like, curtains. Ari, she was extremely attractive. Yeah. Yes. No, I mean, like, because she was wearing, like, curtains that looked like shag they were, carpeting. like, light, brazy. They were drapes. They didn't look like They it. could be breezy. They looked really They heavy. could be, like, summer there drapes. There was enough material that she could have very easily concealed a fan under there. Or that two. is true. She yeah. could have had, like, a cooling system. One of these pant legs. Yes. Why they were so big. Yeah. So they were hiding secrets. So in the wind. Uh, so, life lesson to take away from this, Kim? Um, when you know that you're ill, have a medical plan. Actually, goddamn, that's a good life lesson. Yep. A Living wills. Legit life lesson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ari. Uh, when I start to go see now, please drown me. 
<laughs> That's a horrible thing. No. Or just push me in front of a bus. I don't care. No. Oh, God. I guess, I mean, have that discussion with people in your lives. Like, again, that's not my life lesson, but going back to Kim, I think yours is a really good life lesson, is when we watch this, like, think about what kind of quality of life you want um, and realize that you are going to get old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, my life lesson would be... Um, I'm going to take one from Shatner's, which is don't start balding in your 20s. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, and uh, listen to the My Generation song from The Who. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, performance of the episode. Kim. Uh, Dr. Blondie. Sarah Marshall. Yeah, Ari, also Sarah Marshall. I'm also going for Sarah Marshall. She's the only one who f- I felt like she was acting. Oh, yes. Yeah. Everyone else was just doing, like, makeup and funny acting. She was working. I respected that. Do we want to give, uh, like, a round of applause or, like, silent finger snaps to the makeup department working on this? I'll give them some props. They yeah. did a yeah. mostly decent job. I thought they did a really good job until they started getting up into, like, really old with, like, the visible black eyeliner marks it's across the forehead, yeah. which came from yeah. theater. Yeah. 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 But, I mean, on the whole, there's sort of, like, a middle stage of, like, old person makeup in TV and film. Yeah. There's this school, which is, like, you just sort of hint really hard. And then there's, like, the middle of the 90s school with, like, the early facial prosthesis old face that just looked like, yeah. you know, I've you have newspaper all over your face. worse old person makeup. Yeah. And um, on recent television. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we also have to remember that most people were watching this in black and white. Oh, yeah. Because they didn't have color TVs. It looked good. It would have looked, looked really, really good. good. Yeah. They're, the ladies' costumes must have seemed ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. You couldn't see the colors. If you couldn't see the color and realize how much puce there was. It probably would have looked a lot. Yeah. That's really never occurred to me before. It was, again, uh, my recommendation is everyone reads that 50 Years of Star Trek book because it Because if you sort of think of it like old Twilight Zone episodes where the costumes were definitely absurd, but almost everything was in black and white, everything looked much classier and more like Oh yeah. It's like black and white movies. Everything looks so stylish, but when you actually see color photos, you're like, oh, that is so orange. Like the Adams Family set. Yeah. Which was actually pink, because that's how you got it to show up properly in black and white. So you see in black and white, it's like, oh yeah, that definitely looks appropriately goth and perfect for the show. But then when you actually see color pictures of the set, you're like, the fuck is this? Yeah, so most people would have been watching Star Trek in black and white. Wow. That's wild. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. So Somehow that's just never really penetrated. No, so like some of the lighting choices that they make and some of the costume choices are, wow, that's going to look really good on TV. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Fascinating book, 50 Years of Star Trek. Definitely go out and see that. Uh, Kim, your count? Um, We have three deaths, which is... The two olds from the planet and Pixie Ensign. That's Manic, true. Manic, sorry, Manic Pixie Dream Lieutenant, which is the best <laughs> name of all time if I have that not mentioned that good. yet this, oh, this episode. Oh, so good. So good. Mm-hmm. Oh. So only three people died. Well, other than the, you know, plus the four who died before we got there, but I decided I'm not counting people who died before the episode started. That's right. One was a corpsicle by the time yeah, they got true. down there, so yeah. who cares. Uh, Ari, your count? We had a whopping 26 ladies. What? What? 26 ladies. There were at least three scenes where they're hallway scenes, and there's like six or seven individual women come by in the background. So yeah, this is the most ladies I've ever actually managed to count individuals. I originally had it down as 30, but four of them are returns in the background. Yeah. And uh, 14 people of color. Really? Yeah. There were a lot of background scenes in this episode, considering that there was no, like, yeah, seriously. Most of them, again, were just, like, people walking by in the background, but visible and countable. 
to be fair, there were definite parts of this episode where I was staring at the ceiling so as to avoid having to watch this episode. That's fair. <laughs> so I assume you're correct, Ari. Yep. Wow. So I guess well done... General casting? General casting! General casting and makeup, you're the only people who walk away with this with your hands and your heads held high. Everyone else, we'll see you next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye.